The Back Row Boys are back. Stephen Hutch, uh, you can visit our website, thebackrowboys.com, and catch up on some of the articles and the other podcasts you may have missed if you don't want to get them off of Stitcher or iTunes, which you could do that too. Um, this podcast, we're going to talk about the AL Central, um, in the pre-show fist fight, which is uh, from Waddle and Sylvie. I kind of like that phrase. Uh, we were talking about if the AL Central was a tougher division than the NL Central. Right. And uh, I can't remember exactly what you said. I think you, you basically said the depth and the balance of the AL Central made it tougher day in, day out. I would think, yeah, we, if, you know, you have three teams that win 95 to 100 games, but two teams that win 60. Yeah. And you have three, five teams that basically win 75 to 95 games. I, I understand that you could argue both ways, but I I would contend that it's a tougher division day in day out. When you're playing your majority of games, would you say seventy six out of your seventy six divisional games? Yeah. So there's eighty six games elsewhere. So you're like, what forty five percent of your games are against your division, uh, almost half, really. Yeah, yeah. and um, I would say that that makes it a tougher division. Now, obviously, only time will tell because. You know, that was last season, and this season could be different. I, do I really see any team in the AL Central, or two of them for that matter, only winning 60, 62 games, 65 games? No, I don't. But in the NL Central, I do see that. I, I, I can see somebody like Detroit maybe only winning 72 games if guys are not healthy. They're right. an older team. They've got some older hitters. Um, they got some help. But would you agree with me that 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 would make the NL Central AL Central tougher than the NL Central? NL Central? Well, look, you got the defending World Series champs in your division too, yeah. which you know, Pocota projections have them being a below five hundred team again. again. So that means they're going to make the World <laughs> They've Series. They've only been there two years in a row. Yeah. Um, well, and then of I course, like, San like Francisco is going to make the World Series again too. By even yeah, even you know, even year by that account. Um, and I'll tell you, you know. Well, our next podcast will cover the NL Central, but the Giants have a heck of a lineup. Yeah. I'd be worried. Um, I don't like what I've seen in the spring training with Cueto and Samarja, but that lineup is one of the best in baseball that the Giants have. And they're not they're not old. Like, you know, eventually Miguel Cabrera is not going to hit 340. Right. I mean, Every year, I think this is the year he Doesn't won't do it, and he just and he's up there pounding the on ball. a bum ankle or a bum knee or a bad hip. He he takes one game off like every you know two three months, and he hobbles around and hits three forty. Yeah, I, I, it's amazing. There's he's unstoppable. No, and, yeah, and he's he's really been that kind of hitter since he came up. Right, I, I, if I remember right, in two thousand three, oh uh, he was a they, ton. They brought him up from Double A. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and he was a little guy back then. Now he's well, yeah, he was thinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah same height. But but right, let's r- let's run down the teams in your division for the people that forget who you're playing against. You, Mister White Sox guy. Uh well, we get to play the Cleveland Indians, uh, the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals, and the Minnesota Twins. Okay, so who we can't beat? Yeah, you apparently they can't got beat sales Minnesota. number. Um, oh my God! So last year, Kansas City won the division. They they won ninety five games. Minnesota finished second, a game ahead of Cleveland. Yeah, they were in it till basically probably the last two weeks of the season. Uh, Surprisingly, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. You got a small market team with a lot of guys that maybe don't get any national attention, but they go out there. I I love their manager. I love Paul Molitor. Mm-hmm. 
I, I loved him as a player. I thought he was like always underrated and one of the best right-handed swings I've ever seen. And um, so I, I was kind of happy for him that, that he had the team playing well. And, and they got some young guys that are, you know, pretty tough. Uh, the White Sox finished fourth uh, one game or two games? Two I games ahead one, of the Tigers. Oh. Um, well, I so thought it was one. You want to start from the bottom or the top? It's up to you. I don't really have a preference. Well, no, we might as well start from the bottom. From the bottom. Okay, that would be the Tigers. Um, they added some – they got some help, free agent help in the offseason. They uh, spent a little money, spent a lot of money. Uh, let's see who they – they got uh, – off the top of my head. I'm not an American League guy. Oh, they got uh, uh, Upton, Justin Upton to help yes. out in the outfield. They got a closer, got Frankie Rodriguez, and then they got Jordan Zimmerman, who was a free agent. Right. Um, kind of an innings eater. That gives them Verlander. Zimmerman's a guy that possibly, you know, hasn't reached his potential yet. He's good. You know, he was supposed to be part of that great Washington you know, starting pitching staff that was supposed to win the World Series last year that won 80 games. Yeah, bank on it. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, you know, they're giving him $16 million a year. But well, he's like 29 years old, right? So yeah. he was he was one of the, you know, prize free agent uh, pitching signings, you know, after what David Price and, and uh, uh, Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke. So, uh, yeah, so they added him, and you're talking, um, you know, Verlander's a year older, but if he's healthy, and supposedly in the spring training, he's throwing the ball pretty well. And if he's even remotely close to the Verlander of old. To the real Justin Verlander. Yeah, the real, you know. The, the one Kate Upton before, fell in love Before with. Kate Upton, <laughs> the pre-Kate Upton Justin Verlander. Um, good for him, though. Uh, you know, that's, you know, Annabelle Sanchez is, you know, the guy throws a no-hitter or not. Um, and then throws, you know, four innings every, every you know, three starts. Yeah. Um, he's got good stuff. You know, it just depends on what day you face him. Um, but, uh, you know, he can definitely beat you. And, you know, so, uh, you know, they, you know, Ian Kinsler's a year older, and he didn't really tear it up, but he's good. I always liked him. Oh, so you know, did I. Top of the order But guy. they got good young players. I mean, Nick Castillo. Uh, Delanos is good. Um, the uh, JD uh, Martinez. Martinez is turning into be uh, a really good ball player. So uh, you know they have a formidable lineup, and they got they still have Victor Martinez, who maybe plays half the season, right? But, given his injury history, yeah. But he's good. I mean, and his strikeout to uh, strikeout ratio is above the charts. I mean, he just doesn't strike out. And he's such a good hitter, so you can't strike him out. He puts the ball on play, and it's, you know, well, and that was the thing, usually hit. You know, adding Justin Upton to that lineup with Cabrera. And, again, you know, the, the sabermetric guys say there's no such thing as giving somebody protection in the order, I think, that they're in the minority on that opinion. You know, you have to get pitched to, and you got to pitch to somebody. So adding a bat like that to their lineup can only help them. Um, Frankie Rodriguez to to shore up the the closer role. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's done it before. He's an older older closers. They tend to hit the wall and then that's it. Yeah. So you know, when I look at signings like that, I'm like, geez, really? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, 
according to this, you, you look at their starting pitching, so I would assume you you know your top five is going to be Verlander, Zimmerman. Um, you know, so they they, they added Daniel Norris. Solo. Daniel, well, and then he had some sort of health issue last year. Yeah. Um, that, um, they got him in the price trade. I don't know about Matt Boyd or Michael Fulmer or Shane Green. He's pitched for a couple years. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think they're, they're – we talked about this before. Um, you know, they're week three through five and on starting pitching. And, you know, most teams – most teams are week four through five, so I don't necessarily see them uh, as world. Be you know, it, you know, it depends. Anna, Annabelle Sanchez would be the weak link on that. You know, I mean, is he going to be a, a above average number three starter? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much but, about Pelfrey either. So I mean, you know, the top but on of the other hand, seems okay. Anytime you have Miguel Cabrera, he can just win games for you. I mean, left and right. You look at how many runs you think they're going to score. Uh, I think Cameron Maben did he get hurt already in the spring? Oh, I don't know. Did he really? Yeah. So I mean, they're going to start out with the outfield a little short. I mean, Vmart is a DH. Cabrera is a DH. Uh, okay, they can swap out at first base. I mean. I, to be honest, they added guys, but I don't know that they really added enough. You got Inglesias at short, uh, and you like Castellanos at third. I do. You've seen him play more than yeah. more than I have. I okay. do like him. Well, then I don't know. James McCann catching. Yeah. And I all right. Well, McCann's not bad. He he's improving, and J D Martinez is turning into a really good hitter. So, yeah, well, I he's think, the guy that I think you know, that's really going to hurt. Like if if Maven got hurt already. Because obviously they're counting on him, yeah, um, to to solidify an outfield. Well, he'll be back. I mean, yeah, you're looking at like you know Kinsler, but and you know then it's Cabrera. just like Michael Brantley going down and and guys like that. You know, I mean, guys go down and it's a big bat. You know, it's a big bat. You know, um, but you got Kinsler, Martinez, Cabrera, and Upton. That's that's some potent bats. Yeah, and in the other pieces, but you see, got I, there, I, I, they I agree score with runs. you. I always liked. Kinsler, but just it seems to me, and I could be totally wrong on this, but the last couple of years, he's just digressed, and you know he'll just come up with a couple big games, and and remind you of what he used to be with, with Texas. Yeah, he and he just been... doesn't seem he's more of a now a two fifty hitter, lead off with some pop, but he just he doesn't scare me like he did when he played with Texas. When he played with Texas, man, he just you never wanted to face that guy. Well. Um, but that doesn't mean he won't all of a sudden hit 280, 290, and as a leadoff hitter with, you know, 20-plus home runs. Yeah, it's a new season. I mean, uh, again, you know, it's a tough division, and, and you do have some pitching in your division. Um, so, I mean, it's not like it's going to be a cakewalk. The American League strikes me as being awfully balanced. It's like the NFL. Everyone, Everyone's going to be right around yeah. 81 games. I mean, it, it's going to be – one of those things where you, you could literally have, in September, seven teams still in it like you had last year, mm-hmm. and it could go down to the final weekend. So it's going to be yeah, interesting I'm not, to see you know, I would, guys do. But. My take on Detroit would be, I think, you know, you know I think they're going to improve a little bit, but I, I'm not sold on their, their pitching. It doesn't look like a 90-win team to no. me, but depending on how things break, yeah, you know. Well, you know, I mean, Minnesota didn't look like an 88-win team. or Right. Well, they won like 83 or something. Right. And, you know, you get a 
couple more games here and there, and you know, you make a move if you're in it in July, and maybe get an extra starting starting pitching right from some team like the Brewers, and they have Byron Buxton. Well, yeah. All right, we'll get to Minnesota. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get to him do, in a second. Yeah, let, let's do Cleveland. Uh, so, what was your prediction then for? Uh, yeah, Detroit around five hundred. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I you yeah, know what? Well, so they what? What did they win? Seventy two last year. Seventy. Seventy-four. Yeah. So yeah, I would. I I say they improve a few games. That puts them right around 500, 500 team. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cleveland's pitching is better. Yes. Cle- I like Cleveland's starting staff. Somebody said, and you know, I, well, it was supposed smart. to take them last year. Yeah. I mean, somebody's saying it outside of the Mets starting pitching that uh, Cleveland's got the best starting staff in baseball. I don't know that I'd go that far, but Corey Kluber. And Carlos Carrasco and, and Danny Salazar. Are well, like, Kluber are had a bad year last year. Yeah, he was by, terrible. By and it wasn't his fault necessarily. He had a couple bad outings, but he had a lot of games where he lost two to one, three to two, one to nothing. Yeah, and you know, looking at this lineup, I don't. You know, outside of Michael Brantley, Jesus, who's, according to this, he makes a million dollars a year. That's it. Who's Ooh, that? Kluber. Well, yeah, because he's still like, yeah, you know, he hasn't gone to arbitration yet. Once you go to arbitration, I mean, look at what Keuchel and Arietta both got ten million. So, well, Trevor Bauer makes more money than him, but I mean, you know, and yeah, it has to do with like how much time you're in. I mean, he's uh, and Bauer's he's improving every year, and and that guy's got some good stuff. So now you're four deep. Yeah, that's that's rare to go four deep. Yeah, so they've got what Bauer, Carrasco, Kluber, uh, Danny Salazar, and Danny Salazar. Yeah, and Salazar throws hard. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, over the offseason, you know, everybody was trying to get Carrasco and Salazar. I'm sure the Cubs were offering, you know, Jorge Soler and Daniel Vogelbach and somebody else for one of those guys. And Cleveland won't do it. Now, mm. they may do it in July if if they don't score runs. Because I'm looking at, at you know, their projected lineup here with Brantley in left, Almonte in center, Chisen, Lonnie Chisenhall in right. That's a right fielder. That guy's good. Is he? Yeah. Uh, Jason Kipnis is good at second. Lindor's a vacuum cleaner at short, but I don't know what you're going to get out of him hitting. Everybody talks up Ursula at third. I don't know what to make of him. Yeah, I think uh, I want to rebay. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's a good utility player now. You know, Jan Gomes catching. I mean, this doesn't yeah, strike me I, as, I, a, as a 500 team. This lineup. Well, the pitching staff. one of the weaker lineups I, I've seen. Yeah. I like Lonnie Chisenhall. Uh Kipnis, Northbrook native. Uh, really? yeah. Um and he had he had lots of injuries last year. The guy can hit. Um but can he catch? Because Lindor is awfully good. I mean, if you're going to tell me that that Kipnis and Lindor and Almani and Gomes you're really strong up the middle, that's worth something. But I, I don't, you know, I don't watch much American League baseball, but you know, I'm looking at these guys' numbers, and I'm not terribly impressed. I know some of them are young, but I, I don't see how. How are you going to beat Kansas City with this lineup? Right. Unless it, you, you're throwing, you know, two hitters. You know, starting pitching. I mean, if if you can shut the yeah, other team down I, and manufacture see, some runs, that's uh, what this team looks like to me. And you know, Francona's is well. Smart then it manager, goes back, but, but see, it goes back to Cleveland's bullpen. Then, and I don't really, yeah. I don't. I don't see much. I don't here. see much in their bullpen that's yeah. 
you know, Zach McAllister and he doesn't even sound like a bullpen guy. And then, you know, their closer, Cody Allen, what he pitched thirty three innings last yeah. year. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, see I would think they would st- they're gonna struggle. I mean, you know, I mean you're gonna ask you're gonna ask Salazar and and Bauer and uh Kluber to pitch eight innings. They're, they're Every well, day, they're they're probably at the age now where they could probably go, you know, easily six. Mm-hmm. The pitch seven. count is low. Get yeah. into the seventh. So if if your starters are getting into the seventh every game, that generally means you're ahead. Right. Um. I don't know. I I don't. I I don't see this team contending. The, what was it last year? They started out good and finished bad, or is it no? It was around? the other way around. They started out really bad. Yeah. I, I don't really see. I don't know. Co- closer of the future, Cody Allen. Good luck with that. I, I, I'd be shocked if this was a 500 team. But really? Yeah. I mean, they're they're yeah. talking about them being better than that and contending, but they talked about that last year. How many year. games they lose with Corey Kluber on the mound? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you can't win with that lot. guy, who are you going to win with? Right. I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, and and their pitching does look good, but this lineup, uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, what I feel they like w- I'm in major league. What they win last guys. year? Uh, eighty-three. Yeah, they were right around five hundred. You know, they were like a game behind Minnesota, so, or they won eighty or something. I mean, five hundred team at best. I would I'm probably thinking. see it about the same season from them. The same. Uh, as, see, this all depends. Okay, you know, all right. I'm thinking some guys a little older. I'm thinking the White Sox are going to improve, right? So if they improve. That means that necessarily, like, Minnesota and Detroit won't. You know, the White Sox are going to get more wins off of them, which is going to take away wins from Cleveland that they had against the White Sox last year. So, yeah, I would, okay. from that aspect, I would contend, yeah, you're probably right, that Cleveland would be around a, still a 500 team this year. At best. At, right. At best. Because, you know, you look at, uh, we'll do the Twins next. I think the Twins improve themselves. If only that, you know, they're going to have uh, Miguel Sano in right field if he's going to be there um, for the whole season. And then you have our favorite, you know, prospect, number one prospect. <laughs> the number one prospect every decade, year. <laughs> Byron Buxton. Um, he, so, can go, he can go get it. <laughs> but the guy that, you know, if, if this turns out the way the Twins wanted to was probably, no one talked about it much, it's probably the most brilliant move was getting this guy Park from Korea. This home run hitting guy, yeah, to uh, DH for them because they needed a bat, and um, you know, I don't know if he can really play big league first base, but they have Mauer there, they have Kurt Suzuki to catch most of the time, so uh, I assume Mauer's done catching. I mean, maybe I would assume him, so too. I don't right. know why you would want to put him yeah. put him back there. I don't. Uh, they don't even have him listed under catchers, right? Uh, Trevor Pluth. Was good last year. Yeah. Dozier, everyone loves Dozier. Right. Right, he's like the new great. He's he's Ian Kinsler five years ago. Well, he is, but, right. you know, I mean, I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I, I don't know if the guy hit 270. He just hit in well, big situations. Well, see, we don't, look at, we don't look at your batting average anymore. We look at your OPS. Right. And his OPS was decent. It was like 751. He just eh, he okay. just got on SportsCenter for hitting. He hit game-winning home runs. A lot. Well, he had 39 doubles and 28 home runs. Yeah. So for a second baseman, that's pretty that's good. That's very good. Um, and, you know, if you're swinging for the fences, yeah, okay. You're not right. going to be a high average guy. 
So uh, Escobar at short. Maurer, I think, can still hit. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, he can hit in a sleep. Uh, is it Kepler in right field? I don't know. Or, well, we said Sano would be there. We're assuming. Yeah. Sano's not sitting on the bench. Well, Sano's going to be out there. I think they're putting Kepler in center. And Buxton in left? Yeah. Okay. Well, well thought, that's no, interesting. Buxton's a center field. Because according to here, well, yeah, Buxton's center. They actually got Kepler and Buxton both lifted, li- listed center as center fielders. So they, they've only got uh, Rosario listed as a left fielder. Well, I I have a hard time believing that it's not going to be Sano starting in the outfield because the guy's a, a hitting machine. I would think you're going to put Sano in left field. No, they were saying right at the Buxton beginning. Buxton in center and Kepler in right. Oh, okay. But – well, they'll work it out. I mean, you've got some hitters here. Yeah. I like this lineup a lot better than Cleveland. I do, too. Now, they're pitching, on the other hand, eh, I don't think so. Uh, Tommy Malone, Irvin Santana, he's still pitching? Oh, my God. Yeah, they uh, got him last year. Hughes. And he started, you know, he. Yeah, okay. Phil Hughes is another guy. I mean, that guy, he's getting older. He's He's been decent. It was like A.J. Burnett. I mean, yeah. it's like all of a sudden these guys figured it out, you know, late in their careers. They throw strikes now and make you hit it. Pitch to contact. Yeah, Tyler Duffy, Hughes. I saw Duffy pitch one good game last year. That was about What, it. they get Tommy Malone? Did they, I think they had well, He's He's another – he's a uh, Kyle Hendricks type guy. Yeah. The White Sox can't hit him. He throws 83 miles an hour and gets beat up by the league, and then the White Sox come into town and he throws a two-hitter. And when you think about it, the Twins really had the White Sox number last year. Yeah, If you split with them, you end up with almost identical records mm-hmm. with you in Minnesota. You five-game swing either way, and you guys are kind of right there. Yeah. But this is the worst pitching staff in Chris the, Sale uh, lost to like four, three or four games against Minnesota. Yeah, you were telling me he keeps giving up eight runs. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't unbelievable. He would give up seven runs against Minnesota. Then he went on. He would go on that Struck stretch ten out every game, every game for ten games, and then Minnesota would come into town, and he'd, be, he'd, blow he'd give up, up seven runs in two innings. How is that possible? I don't know. It was so frustrating. So. But uh, I, I, I totally agree with you. I don't see how this – pitching staff would fear anybody it's not like they're toronto trevor may trevor may's okay in the bullpen no well yeah Uh, start he's a relief pitcher relief pitcher yeah Yeah. i mean but uh perkins was good was he yeah okay presley i believe perkins is their closer yeah um but yeah look at these guys are you kidding me but another first year closer who Perkins? Oh, you last said he was, year was was he good last year? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's back to the same thing. I mean, so they're a good squad. They're not a great squad. They've got holes like a lot of other teams. Well, um, when your bullpen is a hole, when your entire pitching staff is a hole, I don't see how yeah. you win. But they're not going to. They're not going to only win sixty games. I mean, they got no. a, they got a good enough lineup that they're going to be right there and and you know go anywhere depending on. You know that that whole range of uh, anywhere from seventy five to eighty five wins. They're going to have to score runs. Yeah, they're going to uh, have to score runs. Bauer's healthy, and uh, and Dozier hits the same as he did last year. Well, and then you got this and, Park kid, who's yeah. like the Korean baseball Babe Ruth right. or something. And if I mean, Byron Buxton all of a sudden becomes the next Byron, Byron Buxton, Buxton. 
now you got a really formidable lineup. Um, and Sano, who hits the ball a mile. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they could score some runs. It's a nice mix of, like, you know, veterans and younger guys. Mm-hmm. you got Maurer there next to Sano and Buxton. I mean, it's not like they're all going to get old at the same time. Park is an older rookie like Abreu, Abreu was okay. for the right. – for the wide side, twenty nine years old, twenty nine year old rookie. Like that. Yeah. So I don't know how the I don't know how the Korean baseball league translate. Uh, Jung Ho Kang or Jung Ho Park, the guy from the Pirates who got yes. wiped out by Chris Cog. Right. Took him a few months, and the beginning of the season he looked absolutely lost. But you know, come July he was like a spark plug, and he was really helping that team. He was probably their day-in, day-out best player aside from McCutcheon for a good six weeks before he got hurt. And he's not even back yet. But I think, you know, his success coming over for, from Korea is what makes a deal like this possible. So I, see, I, would th- see I think Cleveland's going to have out. a better record than Minnesota. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you put the two teams together, you'd have a world championship team. If, yeah. if you gave <laughs> this pitching. lineup the, <laughs> the uh, starting pitching Cleveland's of Cleveland? pitching staff, right. then, then you'd have a team. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, how old is Phil Hughes? Like 99? No. Was he like 35, 36? He might be. I don't know if he's that old. You look at some of these guys, like John Lackey's turning 38 this season or something, and he's like, hey, age is Phil Hughes is only 29 years old. 29? Yeah. What, did he come up when he was 12? He came up when he was 20. He's got nine years of experience. Good golly. Yeah. 29? 29 years old. Nine years of major league experience. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I would think that guy was like 35 years old. He's been pitching forever. But Well, okay. I guess he didn't come out of college then. But, I mean, last year, 4-4 ERA, 11-9, 1.29 whip. 1.29 whip is, is I mean, that's barely adequate. I mean, those are pretty mediocre numbers, right. and he's your number one starter. Yeah. So you're in trouble right there. I don't know if they have any kids coming up. Oh, uh, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't know that either. from the uh, uh, from the minors that can help them. Big kid, six five, two fifty. But oh, yeah. the Korean guys. Park? No, Phil Hughes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's always been a big boy. But um, yeah, I don't. I just no. Nah. I they're they're gonna I can't put see that happen. They're gonna put a lot of a lot of onus on Irvin Santana to go back to being Irvin Santana. Yeah. I don't know. Some guys, sometimes guys do it. Sometimes his they whip don't. was one point three. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of adequate. Okay, you're going to have to score runs. They're going right. to have to win the Which, seven to five games. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're going to be a bunch of five hundred pitchers unless they score a, right. a lot of runs. And and you know who you scoring them off of aside from Chris Sale. You know what I mean? No, well, they do score them off. Chris. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to have to score <laughs> yeah. off of everybody. Right. They're going to have to win games. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're talking and... about, you know, three, two to three good pitchers from Detroit, four good, four plus good pitchers from Cleveland. Yeah. Good pitchers from Kansas about the, City. We'll save the Sox for last, yeah. but they have pitchers. Right. Kansas City, uh, let's move on Next to the, on the list. world champs, defending world champs. Edison Volquez, Jordano Ventura, Chris Medlin. 
Chris and, Young. You know, well, Chris Young is an anomaly, man. That guy He's, bounces around, bounces around, and just had a great end of the year and a great playoff. And throws strikes. A six ten and throws eighty five miles an hour. It's Can't unbelievable. Can't bust a grape, man. It's so <laughs> sad when you see those guys. It's unbelievable, um, but. You know, you know, he's effective. Yeah, he is very effective. And that's what you need. And then, you know, they still have the bullpen. They, they, This team stood pat, you know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have the bullpen so the starters can kind of, like, pitch all season and, and be under 200 innings come, come playoff time. Luke Hochaver was, like, the number one draft pick for them years ago as yeah. a starting pitcher. Never did a thing. Lost almost 20 games, and now all of a sudden he's – a fantastic relief pitcher at end of the eight, seventh, eighth inning guy. Uh, you know, I the verdict. You know, I'm st- it's still out on Danny Duffy. He he, the guy's a lefty. He throws hard, kind of ninety five, but will be up and down. But he performed well late in the season. I mean, I, I'm looking at but this Yardo team Ventura. And I'm like, how how do you look at this line? We just went through Cleveland and we just went through uh, Minnesota. How do you look at this lineup and tell me it's 79 wins? No, I don't understand that. I don't. The, These guys have been doing it for years. Um, I'm telling you, it's like you now they're established winners. They're yeah. champions. They have the, mm, I want to say it's the best bullpen in baseball. When Chapman comes back, uh, you know, Andrew Miller and Patances and Roldis Chapman with the Yankees maybe is good. You know, we'll, well see. Well, proven-wise, I, you know, I agree with you. I mean, they are. Uh, Wade Davis is filthy. Herrera's yeah. filthy. Hochaver had a good year. Yeah. I don't know about Soria anymore, but yeah, you got to have somebody, you know, pitch the fourth and fifth when your starters right. get hammered. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but, I mean, literally the lineup is the same. Well, yeah. I mean, and you just can't get away from these guys. Bringing Alex Gordon back was was, And they key. just, you know, they're not going to hit know. they're not going to hit 200 home runs. But they're going to hit the ball into the gaps, and they're fast, and they're totally not worried about it. Their ballpark, they aren't at all. Their their ballpark, you know, they've got the big, speedy. Outfield. But a guy like Eric Hosmer, you know, he'll probably what hit fifteen to twenty home runs, but then all of a sudden in the playoffs, he hits three, four. Well, he'll hit him on the road. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Mustakas I mean, is good, and I don't know if Raul Mondesi really well has anything left. But yeah, I didn't see much in the whole one at bat. He got in the World Series. Yeah. But I guess it was a thrill. But um, Escobar's good, and, you know, Salvador Perez, they gave him an extension. Yeah, and it he, well deserved. He was making oh, peanuts. Yeah. He's, and he's he's the, the key to this team. Yeah. If if you look at the Cardinals, what happens when Yadier Molina goes down, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be the same thing with Sal Perez. Uh, they, they're they're going to miss him greatly if something happens to him. And he's caught more games than anybody the last few years. Right. More innings, you know, however you want to slice it up. Drew Butera, yeah, okay. Um, this Paul Orlando kid's supposed to be good. Well, yeah, and Dyson, uh, you know, Dyson's right. awfully fast. I don't know quite if he hits enough for them. They got five center fielders listed for their outfield, and <laughs> none of them are going to take over Lorenzo Kane. Well, no, but, <laughs> you know, this is a deal where, you know, they've been in two postseasons in a row. You, you They've been to in the wonder, World Series twice in a row. Right. You start to wonder about attrition. It's not as bad as hockey. We're like they were saying the Blackhawks in the last seven years have played more games than any team in hockey history. Right. That's got to catch up to you. You would think. It might be catching up to them this month. Uh, so you look at these guys. Yeah. Everybody except Patrick Kane. 
Has, well, yeah. But um, he got hammered the other night. I did he? I didn't I was see like, it. Somebody took a run at him. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, no. They 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 hit you to death. They just just hit you to death. That's they all they contact. do. Uh, they lost Zobrist, and that's a big hole. True. Kevin Infanti at second base instead of Ben Zobrist is a, is a is a negative for this team. But outside of that, I don't really see. I, but I don't think it's a, a huge negative. Eh, well, you know, Zobrist hit two seventy. Yeah, two sixty five in the playoffs. He was key. Yes. Oh no, and he's a very good clutch hitter. Whether you agree with that stuff or not, but that hitting in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings is big. Hey, and, Ben Zobrist, the Cubs are going to turn him into a three hitter. You know, so if you're a three hitter, you can hit. I well, mean, I don't know we'll, if he's we'll going to be very successful at that. Well, we'll see. I mean, changing leagues. You know, he's a switch hitter. I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about that next podcast. Talk about that nationally. But, but uh, Omar Infante is probably the one weak link in this lineup. Everyone else is established and solid. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't really see. And if, if uh, seventy nine wins, you got to Yardinano uh, Ventura continues to improve, even though he's a head case. Yeah. That guy's got some nasty stuff. He does, and uh, you know Volquez is good. Yeah, uh, Medlin pitch good. I mean, with this bullpen, just get to the fifth inning. And- this is the best pitching staff we've seen so far. Yeah, it's also the best lineup we've seen so far. That makes this the best and team we've seen so They're always supposed to win 79 and, and games. And they're the defending world <laughs> champions. Yeah. So I, this, these Pakoda things just crack me up. All right, let's get to your team now. Um, the the White Sox, I starting last season, they had picked up Melky Cabrera. They had picked up Jeff Samarja. You, you had – High hopes and that you LaRouche. were going to be and and Adam LaRoche. You had high hopes that you were going to be competitive, and like from day and they one, got Robertson, uh, and, and they got Robertson from day one. It just wasn't there. No, and by the time they started hitting, they were kind of out of it. Right, I mean, Kansas City was winning all year long. Right, um, I think Detroit had a good first half and kind of and faded. Minnesota was winning and all Minnesota year. Minnesota was winning and beating you. Yes. So um, you did add. Correct. Right? You added. Um, Frazier. Todd Frazier was a trade. Yeah. Uh, Brett Laurie was a trade. Austin Jackson was a free agent. Right. And those trades involved minor leaguers. Um, yes. They gave good. up Trace Thompson, who yeah, played half the season. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he's talented, but I mean, it's, you know, a half a year. I mean,. I'll take you, you got to get something. I'll take to, Todd Frazier. You got to give something to get something. Right. Well, you gave him like three for one. Right. Um, Frazier had a bad second half last year for Cincinnati, but I mean, when so a team's going so nowhere, Cincinnati. what difference does it make? I, I, you know, and I, I don't know if I take put any truth into this, but I mean, a lot of people they don't want to play in the home run derby and do certain things at the All Star break because it changes their swing, and he's at home, and he literally. Yeah. Did his best to win that in front of the home crowd, and he did. And now you're on a bad team. Who knows if that did anything um, to, you know, have him have a bad second half. Who knows if he was hurt, tired, or that whole clubhouse just didn't care. They yeah. didn't, they had nothing. They But if I remember right, they had five rookies as starting pitchers by the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, yes, Cincinnati I think day. you're right. I, I've never heard. And of what's a team their catcher? Catcher's what? Two years, three years in the league, and well, he was yeah, but their starting catcher was hurt. 
Mesoraco. Oh was yeah, hurt. okay. He had like some hip thing early in the year. I mean, it was it was yeah. it was disaster. Did five rookie pitchers. Yeah. So and Chapman in the bullpen, and it was like, can we just even get to him? <laughs> Which they basically didn't. Right. You know, and I, I mean, they're they're trotting him out there, and and the the look on his face was like, how do you get? you know, amped up for, you know, saving a win for a team that is like 30 games under yeah. 500. I mean, how on earth can you even you know, justify that? I just have to, I you know, I, I like the addition of Todd Frazier. You like the addition of Frazier. He's an upgrade. You finish the season with Saladino at third. Right. Who they're gonna move, look good. They're going to move him to short, except unless all of a sudden Brandon Phillips, who they also picked up, uh, makes the team. Not Brandon Phillips. Um, oh, Oh, uh, uh, Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, they're that, like the same player. That's an yeah. That, <laughs> they kind <laughs> of are. Um, I don't, Jimmy. I don't know how much he's got in the tank. I mean, if you're going to have a guy on your bench who's going to be like a middle infield defensive replacement and a pinch hitter and a pinch runner and what have you, I would rather have a guy like Jimmy Rollins with a World Series ring who's, you know, finishing up his career and wants one more shot at, at the glory than having some 27-year-old 4A guy that, you know, isn't quite good enough to crack the starting lineup but has decent numbers in AAA. Right. I would rather have a guy like, yeah. like Jimmy Ryan. I would, too. There. I think the way this team this team is going to win or lose by their outfield, um, Cabrera, Eaton got off to bad starts. Obviously, El Garcia swings at everything he's ever seen. He's having a good spring. He's having a really good spring. Then you added Austin Jackson, and then the problem was like going to be okay. Now, well, if Austin Jackson was guaranteed, now we go back to the guarantee of what was he guaranteed to sign with the team? He wanted to play center field. What do you do with Adam Eaton? Well, he DHs. Right. Which now now you got room for a DH. Now we got That's room. where the conspiracy theory yeah, with Larose because comes all of in. a sudden yeah. now all of a sudden they have room. So, um, but adding adding Cabrera last year, Eaton two years ago. Uh, Garcia a few years ago, they're banking on these guys to solidify the outfield and, and play well, and they've got a few years now, and uh, in effect, Cabrera and Eaton's numbers by the end of the year weren't bad. No, it's how they it's they, how they got. To they it. have to win early, and it they, was salary. Uh, they had salary drives numbers. I would well, I would contend though that if you watch enough White Sox games last year, Adam Eaton was awful early. Not only hitting, but defensively. But Cabrera hit the ball all over the ballpark on the nose, and nothing fell. And I think by the end of the year, his numbers are what they should be. You know, I think he's. I still think he's good. He hits the ball hard. He hits the ball everywhere. And you know, he just he needs those. He needs the early season balls to fall, like you know a lot of people do. I didn't think Melky Cabrera had a bad year last year. I just think he hit into some bad luck. And ended up hitting almost 280, I believe. Yeah, I mean, his numbers were down a little so, from his average, but they weren't down like but tremendously. I think you know they're with the signing of Austin Jackson. Can he hit still? Who knows? He's a really good defensive center fielder. Adam Eaton's a good defensive center fielder. He just couldn't hit the cutoff man in the beginning of the season last year. He figured it out later, probably after they yelled at him for. I mean, he's two not months. he's not your prototypical DH. Right. I mean, you, you you've got a little issue as far as like who's your backup first baseman now. Right. Um. Um. But you, you've got Brett Lowry to play second base. I I don't know why. 
um, he's a swing and miss guy. He struck out well almost 150 times last year in less than 600 at bats. Yeah, so he's over 25 percent strikeout rate, and his OPS was like around 700, which is below league average. So I, I'm not sure what you get with a guy like that. Um, his career numbers aren't that much better. You know, he's like a 260 hitter yeah, with, with but occasional I mean, power. He's still an upgrade from what they had. Well, they had nothing. They weren't going to bring up anybody. I mean, Carlos Sanchez is good, but decent. But he wasn't going to do it. You know, he he wasn't doing it. So, you know, hey. Yeah, I mean, this is part of my issue with the White Sox. is They have not drafted well, you know, over the years. Like, for the last seven, eight years, you don't have any position players coming up. The last guys you had come up were like Aaron Rowan and Joe Creedy, and Ron Schuler drafted those guys mm-hmm. uh, before Kenny Williams took over for him. So, I mean, literally, since Kenny Williams has taken over, you haven't drafted one guy. You may many, have one now. How many guys have the Cubs drafted? They traded know. for all these guys. Who traded for him? The Cubs? Didn't they, yeah, they got, didn't they get Soler and Baez? And, Soler, no. They signed Soler out of Cuba. Okay. Uh, they drafted Baez. They drafted Schwarber. They drafted Bryant. They traded for Rizzo. Yeah. Uh, free agent Fowler. Uh, they traded for Montero. Who am I leaving out? They traded for almost all their pitchers. Right. Okay, but my point uh, is, it's draw, just not that easy. Draw. Well, I, I'm not saying it's easy. But, I mean, the thing is, is number one but draft in 16 years, you haven't drafted one position player that has come to play for your team. That's a lot. That's part of the reason that you have these issues. Now, Tyler Saladino came up to your system. Mm-hmm. They brought him up. He looked great to me. They shipped off Connor Gillespie, who you liked. And now they're moving uh, Saladino over to short, and they don't trust him. And they got this Tim Anderson guy coming up. Now he's your well, one of your top prospects. I'm thinking, right? But he makes too many errors. Well, but they're going to give Saladino a shot at short. Well, he's good. I like you know, him. But I, I thought with the I thought he was your best glove in in the infield yes. last year. And admittedly, you know, okay. You didn't really have a whole lot. You, you had Alexi. Ramirez but I think they got a decent lineup going now. I mean, you know. I think it looks okay. You know, Abreu's going to hit. You know, Frazier should hit. Adam Eaton and Cabrera should hit. Abreu will hit. Yeah. Frazier will hit. And your outfield will hit, aside from uh, Garcia. Well, yeah. Well, if he, if he makes contact, he'll who hit. Who is this guy? Who is <laughs> Aviseo Garcia, yeah. and why do we want him? Because I'll tell you, if, if he doesn't get it done, like the first 12 weeks of the season, then what do you do? You have J.B. Shuck play right? Well, I don't know. It depends because, see, I mean, their pitching staff's good. I mean, they, they were uh, – we, we haven't talked pitching yet. They were seventh in the American League in total ERA last year, I believe. Their their bullpen's good. Well, yeah, um, let's let's finish up. Let's do one thing on – talk about the catchers, and then we'll do the, the pitchers. You got rid of Tyler Flowers. Right. And now you have uh, Alex Avila and Deonor Navarro. Right. And how is that? How's that looking for you? You happy with that? I am. Tyler Flowers just didn't hit the ball. Okay. Well, Avila is a better hitter. Right. You're hoping. Well, neither. You know. I mean, I like Navarro as a backup catcher. I do too. I I like. I like them both. I. I liked Tyler Tyler Flowers. He just didn't hit the ball. He. I. I. He obviously managed the pitchers well, but whether it's his fault or not, his throw-out ratio was awful, but that could be on the pitchers, too, because they just don't hold the runners on very well. 
Um, you got to control the running. Even game. Chris Sale has yeah. mentioned this spring that he's working on holding on the runners better. And I mean, this is a left-hander that throws 98 miles an Explain hour. Explain to me how <laughs> left-handers are getting stolen on I, because when you throw 98, unless you're John Lester, I don't really get it. Yeah, because I, I just uh, you're left-handed. How on earth, Mark Burley, who threw 89 miles an hour, could pick guys off left, left and, right, and right, and um, they would still throw throw you out because he had a quick quick release to the plate uh but sale throws 98 miles an hour and it's they put a stopwatch on these guys yeah the cutoff is i think 1.4 seconds or something if, if you're once you start your motion if the ball's not out of your hand in 1.4 seconds it's a green light i think is i think i'm right about that about the 1.4 but, 4, but um, I, I i personally I think it's an upgrade from the catching standpoint because i mean listen the team last year didn't hit all right, so well, I mean, when you, when you when you have a team and you look at your team and you have to make adjustments and changes, where do you start? Well, you know they started you know Cabrera and uh, and uh, Eaton and Laroche who didn't hit, and uh, but their catcher didn't hit not only last year but Flowers didn't hit. He's never hit for seven years. Yeah, he's never hit. And they, but you you know, if you have a really top-notch defensive catcher, you're not supposed to care. But I don't think he was top-notch defensively. Okay. Well, then... You know, he was good, but I don't see how Avila or Navarro are any worse defensively than Tyler Flowers. So then you upgraded your offense there. You upgraded your offense at third base. Tyler Saladino versus Alexi Ramirez, maybe you go down a little on that one. I don't think Saladino hit that much last year. No, well, he didn't... There's not enough sample size. Uh, but uh, Brett Lowry over anybody's probably better, if not as good. Uh, Abreu's great. Uh, Eaton and Cabrera. You're going to have Shock and maybe uh, this Jones kid. You know, in the yeah, he uh, seems to be hitting the, the ball final. good. Well, and uh, um, yeah. Sands, Sands is Sands, Sands has been hitting the ball pretty well. Um, yeah, there's no Jones. Sands is I, I meant Sands, not Jones. Um, but Sands will make the team now that there's no Laroche. He'll, he, you know, he'll, well, I think he can play first. Uh, Sands can't. Oh, you, somebody's going to have to back up Abreu, right? So you're going to have to have somebody playing first base. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, on paper you're going to hit more with yes. Todd Frazier uh, and Brett Laurie than the guys you had last year. So that's right. good. Uh, the pitching is a little different with the uh, the starting pitching because Samarja is gone. Correct. Who did nothing for you last year, other than eight innings. Other than eat innings and give up lots of runs. Yeah. Uh, he ate sale. up a lot of innings, and he was always down 6-2. to two. Yeah. He, he got <laughs> hit early and often. Uh, sale, uh, Jose Quintana, Carlos Rodon, John Danks are your four. I, I Every time I see Danks, uh, I'm just thinking he's not going to be in the league very long because every time I watch yeah. him. And then did, I know it was spring training, but he yeah. threw like five scoreless innings against the Cubs the other day. Yeah, isn't it awesome? <laughs> I was like, So, you know. you know, they're all lefties. Yeah. And then the one writer you, uh, is is Johnson. They just sent him well, down Well, they today, sent him down, but, but they signed you know. Matt Latos. So, so, so you uh, have a right-handed pitcher. So Latos will be there for, and you know. And then now you're just going to have to – they're going to find a five. Well, it'll be uh, Danks. If Latos is your four, uh, oh, yeah. Danks will be right. five. Danks will be the five because Danks is on the way out, basically. Well, now, I mean, they do have Scott Carroll, who's who's 
been a starter, but you know, I mean, I, you know, he's he's kind of one of those. He's guys okay, like Travis Wood, where you're not really sure exactly. he can make it as a starter, but he's got a major league arm and he's got some. You know, you know he's got a good curveball. He'll yeah, get you some innings, some plus, pitches. and it just depends. You know, if he's throwing the ball well, he he's going to get you some innings. You know, he, is is he a guy that's going to go through the lineup three times and you know get you into the seventh eighth inning? No, but uh, you know, as your back of the end rotation guy. Uh, he could possibly make it as the fifth starter and, you know, get you into the fifth, sixth inning. And they have a decent bullpen, and they got uh, they got some guys back, Nate Jones especially. Yeah, he's got a having uh, him odd back is delivery, huge. but uh, he throws he, hard. Yeah, he looked like he had some zip on the he's ball. He's really I, good. I saw spring training, you know, so it's hard to tell. They don't always have the gun up. I don't know if he's throwing as hard as he was before he got injured, but he looked good. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, he was throwing throwing upwards at 100 before he got hurt, uh, you know. But even if he gets down to 95, 96, he's still got enough movement on his ball. You still got Zach Duke. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, but Potham, uh, Matt Albers, Matt Albers pitched well last year, and he was hurt for most of the season. Uh, you know, Zach Duke, Nate Jones, uh, Prochiska was good, Putnam was good, and you know Robertson was good. He did blow seven saves. Well, that's kind of a high number. 34 out of 41. But, uh, you know, first of all, the way that team hit to get him to 41 save opportunities is actually that pretty good. That was kind of remarkable. <laughs> it's actually, um, you know. But seven blown saves. I mean, it's right. one of those things where it was like the bad Cubs teams from a couple of years ago where they find a new way to lose every every, mm-hmm. day, every day. Yeah. One day you can't catch the ball. One day you can't hit right. it. One day you can't throw it. And then one day you can't save it. You know? Um that seemed to be what he did to you last year. The timing of his blown saves early in the year were horrible. You know, you're fine, you're scuffling around. You know, trying to get actually. Close to well, if I remember correctly, it wouldn't have been like necessarily the beginning of the year. They, they they didn't get him enough chances early, and then he you know he was pitching well. But then all of a sudden it would be like okay, now all of a sudden it's June and you're in a four game losing streak, and finally you get. Uh, a four to two lead going into the ninth inning, and he blows, and he you know had ten straight saves, and but you're trying to break a four game losing streak, and you finally get the ball to your closer, and you know now you got a five possibly six seven game losing streak because you're not playing well. Those are the bad opportunistic times to blow a save. You know, I mean, if you save four in a row and your team's won five out of seven, and then you know, and then you blow one. Well, you've won five out of eight. Okay, that's that's good, you know. But when you're losing four and five and six games in a row, and then all of a sudden you finally need to win one, and then, uh, and then not, the bullpen blows. Not it. today. Yeah. So yeah, I I agree with you on that. I I just generally I like their bullpen. I I don't think they. It, it from a from a bullpen that was basically seventh in the league in ERA and and very good, and they added a couple things. I don't see why they're going to be any worse. Well. They're they're seventh in the league in ERA, but if you take out Samarja, what does that make you third? Yeah, possibly. I mean, because he he was really bad, right? Like pretty much all season. His yeah. last game, he threw like a two hitter or something. But right, let, let me ask you something. Um, Samarja was terrible, um, and yet the Giants gave him five years, ninety mil. Because mm-hmm. it was that eighteen million a year. Samarja says that Don Cooper screwed up his mechanics. You buy that? I don't. Cooper's been around forever. Yeah. I mean, everybody considers him like a fantastic pitching coach. Right. 
So you're going to take a guy in his contract year and screw up his mechanics? I, I But see, it doesn't seem – Cooper doesn't seem to be – you know, you, you listen to enough broadcasts and listen to enough stuff. Everybody lauds is – Cooper will take the, the project and, and take a guy like a, a Matt Thornton that wasn't pitching well in Seattle and tweak it a little bit and make him into, you know, a good reliever or a good pitcher. But he's not the type of guy that's going to take a pitcher and go, well, all right, you've got a major league arm and you're doing this, but we're going to make this little bit of change because you won 16 games last year. He's not the type of guy to do that. So I don't – I think I think Samarja got off to a bad start, and it's very possible that Cooper probably said, well, let's make some, some suggestions because – you're not throwing the ball well. So what you're doing right now isn't working. So let's try something else. Well, that didn't work either. Well, sometimes it, you know, you know, it's in, you know, it's between your ears. But no, I wouldn't buy that. I, I from you know, everything I've heard and read about Cooper in his as long as he's been in the because league. Because he's a holdover from he was Ozzie Gian's pitching coach. Yes. Right? So yes. he was he was pitching coach the year you won it yeah. like 11 years ago. Right. Seemed like a long time. Um, Not as long as the 85 Bears or the 1906 Cubs. 08, 1908. <laughs> Can't wait for people to stop saying that. Um, so you got – the reason I, I brought up Cooper is because the consensus among any, anybody who writes about baseball is is if the Sox start out slow, Robin Ventura's toast. Right. I, I think he's, he's basically said that. Um, you looking at this lineup, what do you think is a fair expectation – by the end of May. In what the, sense? It, it, as far as their record. Runs per game. Oh, as record? far as their record. I, I, mean, I as far as I would a fair estimation is there a five hundred team. I'd be happy with that. I would too. It, I would be happy if if you're a five hundred team by the end of June. Yes. I, you're not out of it. Right. I mean, in, I, I can't imagine. Well, I guess it's possible that I think it's, yeah, I, somebody could be I would 15 be, games above. I would be happy with that. One of the Adam Eaton's comments was he kind of, they talked about the fact of what a bad start they got off to last year. You know, they're talking about the chemistry of the people coming in and uh, did a lot of new guys. And the, the start they got off to last year, basically, which to me is hard to believe, but he basically said they got into a hole and it got into their heads and it spiraled out of control and they could never get out of it. So I would contend that if they could be 500 by the end of May and not get into that mental aspect of it and know they're playing decent baseball and start getting all their cogs together, then I would be very happy with, and I can, I would hope that they're 500 by May. And then all of a sudden they realize, you know, this isn't, the pressure you're putting on yourselves is not warranted, and let's go out and keep playing. Well, they, you know, on paper, they got more bats. Yeah. You got an extra arm now in Nate Jones. You subtract uh, Samarja. Samarja, who was terrible. Right. So now that makes your rotation stronger. Um, Adam LaRoche retired. He was one of your weaker hitters. So you get to replace him with somebody. I don't know who, you know. Had he retired earlier, this was the thing with the LaRoche thing. If he would, if they would have resolved this in December or in January, mm-hmm. if they would have went to him in January and said, look, this year, you know, we, we can't have your kid around for 120 games. Let's just say, let's keep it at 60. And if he says, well, then I'm going to retire, at least they, they might have been able to make a move. I mean, there were guys. Right. And I'll tell you that 
there are guys that you'll be able to pick up two days before the season starts that'll help you. And I'm thinking specifically of a guy like Kristen Orfia, who's in the Yankees mm-hmm. camp right now. I loved him in, uh, on the Cubs last year. And, you know, it was like 31-year-old journeyman outfielder, right-handed hitter, but he kills fastballs. So he could pinch hit for you. New league, uh, I don't know. Guys like that are going to be around that you could pick up, like you just picked up Austin Jackson. Right. I mean, I think getting rid of Mike Holt's a, a good move, too. Yeah, I think, uh, I think so, too. You know, you were fair to him. You gave him a shot. He, he, you know, couldn't perform up to, you know, team standards, for lack of a better term. And, and so you outright him to uh, uh, Charlotte. He declares himself a free agent, and off he goes to San Diego. The lost land of broken toys. So <laughs> we wish you know a, we wish all ex Cubs luck, but yeah. Um, hey, if you're going to be anywhere, you might as well be in San Diego. Hey, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be riding the bench and and getting five at bats a week and batting one hundred, do bold. it in nice weather. Yeah, don't do it in New England in you know March. Yeah. So I after all this is said and done, I personally would think I still think Kansas City is the best team. It's hard not to think And that. I think the White Sox, I believe, will finish second and fight for a wild card bid. Fight for a wild card. So you don't think that they can catch Kansas City? I I would think I would think it would I think they could, obviously, if they you need a lot of factors involved of people like Garcia, Lowry, and uh their catchers hitting the ball. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'd be nervous if I had to count on my catchers. To defensively, be like I think they're okay. Contributors on offense, yeah. I'd, I'd be a little. Defensively, about I that. think they're okay. I think they were. Like, they were bad last year. Oh, they were like the worst defensive team yeah. in baseball, practically. And defensively, I think they're good. Frazier's an but, upgrade at third. And if Lowry Austin Jackson's an upgrade in center defensively, well, defensively, he looked pretty good to me when he was in Wrigley mm-hmm. in September. Production-wise, from the bat, I'm like, no. Nah. You really don't know. Yeah. I but mean, his career numbers aren't that bad. They're but, not that bad, but, you know, you know it, it's like, what kind of player is he? He doesn't look to me like a guy that's just trying to hit the ball out but of if the you, infield. But if you, you, really if you really have Adam Eaton DHing and leading off, you have, a better, you have, have a, ever heard of a I know, but you have off? a better defensive team, and if Adam Eaton hits close to 300 like he can. Well, that would be a huge improvement to yeah. have Eaton DH hitting 300 and then have Austin Jackson chasing hitting stuff down seventh. in the gaps. Yeah. Oh, he can hit ninth. Who cares? Right. Whatever. Eighth. Seventh, Whatever. eighth, or ninth. And and he's and he's playing better defensive center field. And, uh, you know, uh, Lowry's an upgrade. I mean, uh, Frazier's an upgrade at third. Lowry's probably an upgrade. Defensively, they weren't bad at second. They just didn't hit the ball. So, I, you know, yeah. I, think, I think they have potential. I mean, you know. What did we say? So they won 75 games, and you take seven losses into seven wins? Dude, just don't don't hire Samarja and just get some arm. Yeah. And you're probably going to be closer and to And so 500. they could be close to 90 wins, and then all of a sudden, now you you know, take 10 wins. And now all of a sudden you're a 95-win team. I mean, well, it's possible. Okay. Do I see it? Probably not. Um, but... Uh, I I think they do have the potential to win eighty five to ninety games, and if they win ninety games, they're in the hunt for the playoffs, the the wild card. Right. Yeah. And, and if everybody beats up on everybody in this division like they're supposed to, ninety wins could win you the division. Uh, it might. 
You're you're going to open yeah. on the road uh, against Oakland. Then you've got three with Cleveland, three with Minnesota, three with Tampa, four with the Angels, three with Texas, three with Toronto, and three with Baltimore. I'm sorry, four with Baltimore takes you into May. Um, I think if you're 500 at the beginning of May, you're in yeah, great, so, you're in great shape. So go back to that. So okay, you so know, you nobody, no, you know, it's the biggest games. Well, obviously, you got always want to get to off to a good start. So you right. know. You you don't want to be one and three against Oakland, well. But if you uh, are, so be it. But the Cleveland and Minnesota series, when you're playing your own division, you got to go four and two minimum. Yeah, that's that's those are key. And then you know nobody knows what Tampa Bay is going to be like. Anaheim's going to be tough. Everybody says tan- that they're going to be good. Anaheim, right? Eh, Anaheim's going to be tough, and then Texas is supposed to be tough. But you know, well, no, but, no, are they at Toronto or at home? Uh, they're at Toronto because they can't win in Toronto. Well, okay, so you got three games at. Are Toronto. Are they at home against Oakland or in Oakland? Oh uh, no, they're in Oakland because they can't win in Oakland either. Uh, they're home against Cleveland, then they're on the road against Minnesota and Tampa. They come home, home to play Anaheim. Anaheim and Texas. Then they're on the uh, East Coast road trip with Toronto yeah. and Baltimore. Yeah, I would. I would be happy with a five hundred. Yeah, I would think. I, I End would of think, May. Lo- looking at the schedule, that's in, pretty tough. In May, well, uh, the American League is it's tough. There tough. aren't really. It's not like the National League where you get a week off because yeah. you're playing like Milwaukee and Cincinnati. They're playing Toronto, Baltimore, Boston. Yeah, Boston, Cleveland, Minnesota, Texas, the Yankees, Houston, Kansas City, Cleveland, Kansas City. Where's the day off? And the Mets. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking. Where about. is the day off? And that's May. I mean, and then they get the Mets. Yeah, and they haven't even played Detroit yet. Uh, no. And then they get Washington. Yeah. Oh my well, then god! They get Detroit and Washington. Then it's back to Kansas City and Detroit. Uh, you got oh, Boston and, then, and Toronto coming up again. I mean, it's not going to be easy. Oh my god! You know, and then you're playing. You're gonna. Your days off this year are playing uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Philadelphia and possibly uh, Miami. Miami's kind of iffy right. as far as where they're going to go. So, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Uh, that's why they play the games. I think you improved in the offseason. I'm not sure you improved enough to be a world champion. But I think on paper you're a better team than you were at this right. point last year. I don't think there will be any white uh, white flag sales on uh, August 1st at the trade deadline. I'm hoping because I think they will perform to a level where they will be in the – you know, conversation. I don't think they're going to be. I'm. I don't think they're going to be six games out of the wild card with five teams in front of them. You know, I'm hoping that they're going to be a couple games out of the wild card that whole fight through the all of August and September. Where, you know, when you get when you get five teams in front of you in the wild card, it's almost impossible to make up. But if you, if especially you be, if you're not playing them, yeah. If you can be one or two ga- teams in front of you. Or just one team. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping they're going to be at. They're going to be in that position where. Well, you got to, yeah, you know, it, I, who knows? I mean, it was a gaggle last year, and Anaheim missed it by a. Game. Well, it's always a gaggle, but you know, um, it might be worse this year. I mean, as far as like, there were three teams going for that division, so one got the division, one got the wild card, and one got nothing mm-hmm. in in the West last year. I don't know that you're going to be able to see a wild card team out of the central if everybody else True. is supposedly as good. I mean, it, you know, 
winning the division, you have to beat Kansas City, and you got to beat the guys in your division. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got to beat them relatively regularly. Yeah. If you're gonna, you if have you're to gonna, beat them at like yeah. a, a six hundred go clip. So, so really, the games that that you have to key on, and I'm not sure Oakland is all that good, but they do have Sonny Gray and a couple of other guys. But um, you got Cleveland and Minnesota. Well, those those first thirteen games of the se- or uh, ten games of the season, Oakland. Cincinnati or Cleveland in in Oakland Minnesota Cleveland and Minnesota. So you get an Oakland team that some people are picking to be decent, but they're beatable, right? And One then uh, and then you've got six games against your division that could put you like you know in a really good spot right off right. the bat. Before you have to then go yeah. play, you could go five and one against Cleveland and and Minnesota and put yourself in great shape no matter what you did against Oakland. Right. And I think that that's the thing, you know, looking at this schedule, because you're going to win some and you're going to lose some against everybody else. Sure. You have to dominate the teams in your division yeah. if you want to win your division. Right. All right, if you're going to go 500 against everybody in your division. Good luck. Well, now you've got to make up 10 or 12 or 13 games against the East and the West. Right. I mean, I, you know, you got Seattle and Oakland are probably the weaker teams in the West. But you know Houston no, yeah, and, and, if, and Texas and 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 if you Anaheim, go five hundred against if you go five hundred against your teams in the division and Kansas City is going nineteen and eight against Minnesota and Cleveland, yeah, that's you're, not going to be good. Not, yeah. you're, you know that that's your tough night, road that's your hold. nightmare scenario where you're five hundred and you're ten games back. Yeah, right. So right. you know. The assumption that we're making, you know, looking at these teams, is that everyone's going to be kind of clustered around the 500 mark, mm-hmm. give or take a couple of games, and but then we're putting Kansas City at better than that. Yes. Right? That can change. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, any other thoughts? I'm just, on, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for a 90-win season. 90-win season puts you in the mix. Usually does. You know? I mean, it, it, it's pretty rare. That you win ninety games and you don't get in, yeah, in the playoffs. I and mean, you know, it does happen. Seven game, eight games better than last year. If 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 you win ninety games and you don't get in, I would have to think that you had a pretty successful. <laughs> You're year. in the NL Central. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. But yeah, no, I, I would agree. He's only going to win like nine games yeah, all year. That you would have, yes. That I mean, I agree with you. It would be a successful season if you won ninety games and didn't get in, and really, literally, uh, Kansas City and Cleveland decided that they were going to win ninety-eight, respectively, in Boston well, and then, New York. One at some 88. point, you got to say nice, nice yeah. season. But uh, if they can, if uh, I'm hoping for a ninety-win season, and we'll see where you're at. Somebody was at USA Today predicted. Predicted the White Sox would win like ninety-two games and win the division. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I haven't seen too many predictions like well, that, but I, I've seen I a haven't lot of either. people saying the White Sox will be better. I've right. seen that. I haven't seen too many predictions like that either. But well, that I think that was the whole USA Today scope of every team, and they were the only team that I've seen that picked the White Sox. But everybody is picking Kansas City to win eighty games. I just don't and know I don't know where these guys. Hide their abacuses, is, but it, it doesn't make much. Are sense those to guys going to stop hitting? I they they hit. They're going to regress. They're going to regress. But they're young. I know. They're, they're all just, young. I'm telling you, I, just, I don't know how they're going to regress. Look, I'm hoping this, this. I'm hoping the White Sox progress, and that's the only way they're going to win. I'm not hoping that all these other teams regress to the fact that the White Sox can win 85 uh, games and win their di- back and win me. their division. No, let me let me tell you something. Kansas City, uh, this year and next year. 
is their window. If if they need to add something like around the trading deadline this year, like they did last year when they they got Zobrist from Tampa, they'll do it because at the end of next year, that team's gone because everyone's a free agent. Their think whole team is a free agent. You have to believe that whether people say they read the papers or listen to the media or whatever, the players, yeah, whether they really do or don't, you have to believe that Kansas City has heard that they're picked to win 79 games and they're going WTF to all these people and they're going to say, we've been in the World Series two years in a row and we won last year and you're going to say that we're not good anymore? We're going to show you. Yeah. You just have to know it. There's a line from uh, Major League that comes to mind about a burger that they can eat. (laughs) Um, It's the same with the Cardinals. In in our next podcast, we're going to talk about the National League Central because – you know, the Cardinals are just hearing about all the Cub hype mm-hmm. from here to Timbuktu, and they're like, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, still got to play, play the game. Us. Still got to play yeah. us. We can't wait. Right. So the Cub Cardinals thing is going to be good. Uh, let's end on this. What What's the big rivalry uh, in your division these days? Is it Kansas City? I think it's Minnesota. Just because they, they've been they, beating you? They can't beat them. And, and um, they're, you know – there is no Cub Cardinal rivalry, so to speak. Um, you know, uh, Detroit was dominant in the division for a while. Um, when when the Sox were won in two thousand five, it was Cleveland that they that had a big run that they were fighting against. Uh, but really, literally, it's it's the Minnesota Twins that they can't beat. And to me, that's that's the team that they have that one of the teams they have to get over the hump. You know, they'll be like 500 against Cleveland. They'll be like one game below 500 against Kansas City, and gets and get you know win, win two out of seven. Against, win yeah. two out of seven against Minnesota in the first half of the season, and 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 then of course in Detroit, obviously. Um, but really, you know, in the division, there. I mean, you know, in all of baseball for the most part, unless you're you know the Dodgers in. Uh, Giants. The Giants. You know, you don't have the Cub Cardinal thing. Yeah. There's so, going to be a – there'll be one uh, with the Mets and the Nationals this year. Right. But uh, I don't – yeah, I don't see any huge – you know, there's no outstanding rivalry going back, you know, even 50 years, let alone the, you know, 85 that the Cubs Cardinals have been going, 100, whatever it is. But uh, I would think – Go ahead. I would <laughs> – you <laughs> – Sorry, you lost me with that fret on your face. But yeah. uh, I would I, I would think their biggest rivalry right now are the Twins because they just can't beat them. Okay. Well, we'll see. We're about, uh, what, 13, 12 days away from the yeah, opener. less than so, two weeks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. To and by the, the way, that should be a national day off. Wouldn't that be nice? That should, opening day should be a holiday. You'll never get it through Congress because everybody will be like, well, what about the NBA opening day? Right. What about the football? What about but, the Super Bowl? And what about Election Day? We need more holidays in America. Well, uh, we got they, they started I get taking a lot them of away them from I'm us. I'm kind of yeah, happy about well. that. But uh, just opening day in general, the wait and the whole thing, it, it it's just it's like the best day of the year. It really is kind of in a way. And, um, I, I wish it would just be a, na- a national holiday. Everybody gets to go see their team play because, what, 50% of them take the day off of work anyway. I mean, it's packed. Yep. They're, they're almost all day games. Yeah. And who's working? It might as well just be a paid holiday. And then really look at the attendance soar for that one day. 
I mean, the White Sox don't sell out for you don't sell out opening five day? months of the season, but on opening day they sell out. Opening day you sell oh, out. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And it should be. But anyway, that's just my little two cents there. I wish it was a national holiday. Okay, we'll be back. Uh, Maybe Trump will work that out. <laughs> We'll talk about that when we talk about the National League Central because apparently he's got an issue with yeah, the Cubs. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, he's just going to yeah, – We won 97 games. I don't know that Trump can do better. Um, thanks for listening to the Back Row Boys. We're thebackrowboys.com. You can find us on Twitter, at the Back Row Boys, and we're also on Facebook. So come uh, – We are? Yeah. <laughs> come check us out. Maybe I should go on Facebook. You should do that. <laughs> Anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll be back with another podcast at another time.